So we're saying start, start with our weekly first. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. Um, and we can go through our week. What what went well? What didn't go well? What we need to work on? Should and, we talk about the book within each day we we read, or the book just kind of as a whole? Let it see how it. Goes, I think it I could guess. kind of be a little bit of both. So I think we should do like our planner first, and then get our planner out of the way. And then once we get our planner out of the way, we can kind of talk about our journal. If you want to like read excerpts from it mm-hmm. or if you just want to talk highlight certain things okay. of the day because you, you journaled your book right yeah i journaled some things about my book so it might just be helpful just to go over that and like okay. this time i might change your journal entry to me but i did all my podcast notes in here oh yeah that's fine okay is that what you do or do you do your podcast notes as you listen you i did my podcast notes on my phone to be honest because okay. i was usually not home i was usually yeah. doing stuff that's fair. All right. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll, we'll start the intro. So this is AI Always Improving with Jackson and Anders, episode number one. Who It's the pilot. Covering, what's the podcast? I need the official podcast name here. For, yeah, this is our pilot episode. This is covering, let's see, the science. The Science of Eating for Health, Fat Loss, and Lean Muscle by Dr. Uh, Huberman and Dr. Lane Norton. Yeah. So we're going to start. You can go first with your planner. What yeah. went well? What didn't go well? Uh, all right. Well, first of all, I had two exams this week, so I was busy. Yeah, you were super busy, busy this week. And kind of what I learned from that, I guess, is that I need to start earlier in my reviewing i wasn't like last minute stuff but like even like three or four days before i should be earlier than that i because i I end up spending all day reviewing you know yeah so i definitely think that's the thing that i i didn't write anything about that down this week but um i had one two i had four days where I was working on my theory application paper, which was the 11 page I just submitted. Mm -hmm. And I did a majority of that work last weekend. And then like throughout the week, just kind of worked on that, which I'm sure, you know, that's not how I ever work on stuff. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm writing a paper, I usually do it like five hours, eight hours, sit down and do it all at once. And I definitely saw Mm -hmm. a lot of benefit, like breaking up the work, Mm -hmm. which is kind of also just how, I think we're starting to learn in life just how, like, everything is, especially with, like, yeah. working out and everything. Like, you can't just yeah. do everything all at once. Right. You have to break things up and incrementally do them, and then you'll see a lot more benefits, I think. Yeah, especially in that, like, second or third session, you sit down, it's like, all right, I already yeah. have a start. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I feel like, exactly. you know, you're, you're already on track. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, let's see. We did, uh, you and I both started yoga this week. Yeah, I think you were one day ahead of me. Yeah, I'm on day. Today's gonna be day six for me. Yeah, and actually, I did do it in the morning this morning. You did. It was nice. I actually liked it. Yeah, because I've been doing it. I think you did as well in the evening. Yeah, but I think morning is definitely the move. I will. That's something that I'll be doing. (laughs) Because another reason is uh, last night I did day six, and I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a nice chill one, whatever. Get me right to bed. It was all core workout. Yeah, that's what I heard. (laughs) So, (laughs) dude, talking about yoga real quick. 
last. So yesterday was day five for me, which was I think deep in, which mm-hmm. was super chill, yeah, like yeah. not hard at all. <laughs> but it was the one where like you have your legs crossed and you're leaning forward with your. She goes to like her elbows on the ground, mm-hmm. and. I had done like a lot of core yesterday. I did that back and buys, but I did like a lot of core at the end. Yeah. And I got my first ever like super serious core cramp. And like I literally just, Yeah. I was like leaning forward, just like breathing super <laughs> intensely. And one of my like ab muscles was so cramped for like a full forty five seconds. I like I like couldn't breathe and I just started like dying laughing yeah. afterwards. It really took me out of the flow of yoga. It was, it was kind of funny. Well, that's kind of funny. What also kind of what I've learned, I feel like from yoga already, is like her or the importance of like breath work. Yeah. Which I feel like I'm trying to bring to like the gym now. <laughs> you know? I brought it to the Rocket League yesterday. And I, <laughs> chant, dude. I, I would catch myself. I'd, I would like hit something and, be, and I would like, I kind of gasp. I'm kind of like yeah. over dramatic and stuff. Yeah. But like, and then I would like, I just, okay, breathe, like definitely just breathing, even right. as simple as something of Rocket League. Rocket League is really fast paced, but like definitely can attest to like keeping a steady breath helps mm-hmm. you keep a steady head and a steady mind and helps yeah. you work through things, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. I did a little meditating. Uh, I think I was telling Jackson earlier this week that I ran probably the hardest I had in a while. What was that? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I had total brain fog, which was ass, but I did like a 30-minute meditation. Uh, it wasn't guided or anything, just kind of focusing back on the breath, and after that, I felt actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I'm going to keep in mind for the future as well. I wonder uh, if there is a way to kind of structure meditation. Um, maybe like just after anything intense, because, like, running is a yeah. good example, but, like, you ran so hard that you got brain fog, and a lot of times I think brain fog is really apparent, and a lot of times I think it's kind of just subconscious, but it's there mm-hmm. after doing, like, anything really intense, yeah. and it's something that I do a lot before work. I always take a second to, like, just be with myself and always, like, on really days where I'm just not focused, I'm going to work, I have no music, and I spend my entire drive, but... Maybe not the best because maybe good to be more focused on the road, but like mm-hmm. kind of zoning out and like really focusing on like myself and like yeah. trying to, I don't know, just reflecting on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is definitely super helpful mm-hmm. if you're just like not in the right headspace and you need to do yeah. stuff. You got to focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think can bring you back around. Um, I also too, this isn't necessarily from the podcast this week, but I think it was a past uh, Hooverman where, uh, you're supposed to take a break or you're not supposed to do anything after a bout of learning uh-huh. to increase your retention ability. So maybe, you know, using it also as meditation as something, you know, post workout, post learning, mm-hmm. um, as a tool to help you, you know, retain yeah. that knowledge. I think or, that's also, I think that's definitely important to touch on. Like I was saying that, you know, physical activity is a good trigger to like see that you have, brain fog or something but mm-hmm. even after like yeah an intense studying session just taking some time just to sit there and reflect and i i, I wouldn't be surprised if you retained yeah. a lot more of that it, like especially with like all the triggers today in society triggers yeah no words, yeah but, uh, <laughs> triggers more like uh sjw <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
No, I don't. Uh, your phone. Distract you know, them. There's a lot of distractions you know, and things to pull you out of your yeah. focus. Because I, I honestly, I definitely feel a difference. Like after I've been on my phone for thirty minutes, my focus after is like. Yeah, I so feel like a different person. When we honestly. when we started this. Um, at the start of this week, well, I guess it was last Sunday. We did it last Sunday night. I deleted my Instagram, <laughs> and dude, the amount of times I opened my phone. So I yeah, when one, I first deleted it too, bro, thing, I did the same. I opened my phone, just sit there. Yeah, well, and one thing like I didn't have Instagram on my actual page. I always had it on my search thing, and so I would have to consciously. I, it wasn't like right. opening my phone and opening the app. Right. I would consciously open my phone and have to swipe all the way over and look for it. Mm-hmm. And for the first four days, I would I would swipe all the way over and look for it. And I would be like, dude, where the heck is my Instagram? And I'm like, ah, dude, okay, that makes sense. And I was like, I definitely need to be so doing something else right now. And it, right. by day five and six, I was definitely like just more locked in for more of the day because it definitely just pulls you out, like mm-hmm. pulls you out and gets you on a, not a bad train of thought per se, but just like not a productive train yeah, of thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can talk about that again, bro. Like that, because that kind of goes into my habits book, where they say make bad habits hard to do. Yeah. So like you put yeah. it in that search, you know, it makes it kind. of, I mean, you're yeah, do it, it, but it, <laughs> yeah, it's I a step. I definitely did it, but it. now it's even harder. I have to re-download right. if I want to get to it. It's not yeah. worth it at this point. Um, one thing that just kind of popped in my brain. Is it is it Huberman or Huberman? I've always called I, it Huberman, and then you say Huberman, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really care. Okay. I. I think it's Huberman. Thank you. Right. I think it's Huberman. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to listen whenever someone okay. calls in the next. Huber, time. Huber. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to apologize. If I ever meet him in person. Other than school. What did you do really well on this week? Um, and it might be that you did everything well. You've been doing planning for a little bit longer than I have, so. I mean, yeah, I I have been planning and using a planner, so I I feel like I've been good about putting things I need to get done down. Talk to the recording. You've got water. I think putting them down on a certain date and reaching that goal tends to be tough sometimes. Yeah, I can agree. Um, the only, although I can say the only ones that I didn't get done on a specific date were the ones for my class that has a, a due date, but there is no penalty for turning it in past the due date. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, it right. is kind of more of a recommendation date, but yeah. So on Monday, mm-hmm. I didn't run in the morning like I put a box down like I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it was... Uh, Wednesday, and that was my two exams. Thursday, I missed yoga. Um, but, and like the back to the Atomic Habits book, which we'll get to again, but he talked about how, you know, no one's perfect. You're going to miss a few things. But yeah. The main thing is to not let a miss become a habit. So if one time, it's okay. Dude, if it's twice, it's going to become a habit. You one, know? one thing in the podcast this week that was kind of along the same lines as they're talking about, is towards the later part, and they're talking about uh, sugar intake and uh, cravings. Uh-huh. And Lane talks about how, uh, like an analogy by some guy saying that like, oh, like if 
some people have the mindset where like, oh, if you eat sugar, it's like, oh, well, this is something bad that I did. Well, I already ate it. I might as well eat yeah. more. Dude, and he's like, that's kind I of like, that. that's kind of like getting a flat tire and hopping mm-hmm. out and slashing out the three tires. <laughs> like it's <laughs> totally not productive at all. But a lot of people do have that mindset. I, I've definitely, like if I've gone home and my mom has like, or my parents have food at home that I normally don't eat and I start eating some, I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. going. I'm not going to here that long, you know. I think we should try to connect back to that concept of slashing your tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of what we were, we were talking about just yesterday, just kind of like in happenstance about uh, gaming mm-hmm. and Xbox is like, I'm here. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm already <laughs> on. I've already played five games of Rocket. Yeah. What's five more? Like, right. Like, and you know, you you could be doing some other stuff. Like, yeah. just kind of trying to connect it to the analogy of like, okay, I already slashed out one of my tires. Like, mm-hmm. let's make sure I can at least get somewhere today. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I would say that I think I did well this week with how busy I was was staying active. Um, I didn't go to the gym today. I did yoga today, but today could count as my day off, I guess. Although, I don't know, is it good to have one day off, or should you still get some type of exercise? As long as, I, like every day. No, you should def- You should definitely have some a full day off. Oh. Really? Um, I would argue that yoga is probably more of active recovery than like yeah. not taking a day off. So right. I think yoga is definitely has gets the pass on that. Right. Um. So maybe just call this my day off. But yeah. But in the future, I think I should plan for that. What I've heard is that you should try and not have th- more than three days off at a time from anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like yoga, So yoga is probably a little bit of an in-between. It's probably some like active recovery. And then probably if you know which video is a little bit more intense and you can pick a more intense video mm-hmm. where like there are some of the ones where you're in warrior pose for a while and like your quads start to feel a little bit of a burn. Right, right. And it's probably a little bit more of like not taking a day off if like if you're not going to do anything yoga could probably get you a little bit active you could probably do right. a little bit of body weight stuff right um but yeah three days in a row is what i've heard you should always try to avoid does that cover it for your pretty much your planner right, besides I'll... that like Internship thing I had on Monday, but I don't remember. Unless there was something really interesting about that, and we didn't really talk about that. Your dinner. Yeah, the only thing I thought was pretty cool was how I felt like I was really a part of the company because, Mm -hmm. like, I was getting asked just as many questions as like some of the managers because I had experience in the internship, whereas like these managers really didn't. You know, Mm -hmm. like you could ask them any like. Yeah, you know what do you do here type of question yeah but like they actually needed answers to like okay what am i getting myself into so i felt like i was talking a lot and representing the company a lot which was pretty cool yeah that's but, that's nice yeah so that was a cool experience i guess all right well before we move on i'll kind of go through yeah. mine i i also i mean i feel like every all my school weeks are busy just because this is kind of like the first semester where for some reason, my professors don't make everything due on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Like, I feel like in the past, it's always been like, okay, I have six assignments due Sunday by midnight. Yeah, my Sundays are still. And for some reason now, it's like I have stuff due Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday. Like, I literally all throughout the week, which is nice, though, because, like, it keeps me doing my stuff. I don't really ever have, like, a full-off day of work, which I like. So my Mondays, 
my Mondays and Wednesdays always have a lot of deadlines on them, which also happen to be the days I work. So like I, I set some goals for sure at work, like to uh, like to make sales because it's like a part of my job is like sales and stuff. So I, I hit those. Although on Wednesday I didn't make a sale, but on Wednesday, I did a lot of like back end work, which was also really interesting. It's something that I've been like noticing a lot more at work is like. Like since I have been with the company longer, like I have a lot of experience, and even though I still am an intern, like the assistant managers have started to teach me like assistant manager duties. Mm -hmm. Um, so like the back end work is like calling people who owe us money, and like getting them caught up on payment, which are never fun calls yeah, because usually it's like not fun. or like yeah, if they're so this is also something that like at my job, uh, like if somebody's credit card declines twice, especially our branch, we're considered a high risk location. Mm -hmm. um just meaning that like vehicles get stolen frequently and damaged frequently um so if people are not caught up on payment and their credit card declines twice uh they go on our do not rent list and so we they can't rent from enterprise anymore which for some people is a big issue because some of these people rent a lot yeah um so sometimes it's like a not fun conversation and this wednesday it just so happened that one of the customers that i was calling her card declined last week on Thursday. She called back and let us know that she'd have the money on there by Friday and that on Friday we could run the card. Fridays were always super busy, so we didn't end up getting to run the card. So what would have been like $20 in late fees was like 300 some dollars in late fees. So it looked really bad. And she didn't pick up her phone and we have authorization to run the card on file to get you caught up because yeah. you're signing off on a contract saying that we can keep you caught up on payment. Yeah. Um, which usually shouldn't be a problem because it's like 50 bucks most of the time. But a lot of these people are really like day to day on paychecks and stuff. Right. So her credit card declined for the second time. So then the phone call that we're supposed to go through is that like, you need to return the vehicle tonight or come tonight and put a new card on file. Cause you, you're in a car that's right. not paid for. Yeah. Um, and she called back four minutes after I ran her card and had the money but needed to move it over into the account. Mm -hmm. But we can only run a card once every 24 hours. So if she didn't return the car that night, it would be registered as stolen. Um, and so I talked to my assistant manager and I was like, it's literally like she has to move like $8 over from a different account into another. If I had left her a voicemail saying that we're going to run the card, we would have gotten this money but because of our procedure to run the card, even if they don't answer the phone, like that's why we're not getting our money. Mm -hmm. She has the money that the $280 that was due last week, but now it's $320. So she didn't move over 320 because she thought it was the 280. And I understand that like it's, it's up to the customer to stay caught up on payment, but like this is the car that's getting her and her kids to work or, or like her kids yeah. to school, her to work. And so I was able to like, convince essentially my assistant manager to keep her in the car so like even though i didn't make a sale i definitely felt like i was doing something productive that day so that was great that is cool yeah it's a tough situation that you kind of got to work around you know yeah and like i it's tough because i also understand from like a business aspect like and the legal aspect too like yeah. they need to be caught up on payment but also like yeah, this is somebody's livelihood that we're dealing with right now and it genuinely because of our procedure is why this didn't get done mm -hmm. So I did have a talk with Sarah, my sister manager, about like how we could possibly change our procedures in the future. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it all it's tough because we're such a busy brand. We're the biggest one in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, um, I did. So this week for like my mentally pushing myself, I did a freezing shower, which I actually did every single day, and I <laughs> I really look forward to. I'm gonna start. Um, I'm gonna do one today. I'd been typically doing them at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I think I remember. I don't know if you listen to this Huberman or not, mm-hmm. but they say that you wanna heat your body up before you go to bed so that you start to cool faster. I I could be getting this wrong. I need to go back to whichever one and then but in the morning you want to cool yourself when you first wake up so your body is mm-hmm. prepped to warm up yeah that's interesting um, I, and so today was one of the first days that i did that in the morning in the morning it felt really 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 good so yeah. i know i kind of said yesterday i was like i'm gonna do my yoga and then do a cold shower and then it really, feels so good after yoga <laughs> i didn't that's... really stre- i didn't really get sweaty or anything i'm like i just been on school work i was like Screw it. So that, that, but, that'll yeah. probably be my challenge for this next week is to yeah. do yoga in the morning and then do my freezing shower afterwards because mm-hmm. I've been doing yoga on my shower at night. Mm-hmm. So maybe just try doing those in the morning. Yeah. Because I always feel wonderful when I go to bed, but it'd be nice yeah. to feel wonderful before I start my... Yeah. Day. Now that I feel yeah. like ass when I start my day, but... It would <laughs> but make, maybe a little, yeah. a little pick me up. You yeah, know? yeah. Like a little fairy um, go through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's also like, I think, uh, in the tools to like you ready for the day besides like caffeine and sunlight it's like a cold shower definitely like, gonna wake you up yeah. <laughs> really smack you in the face yeah definitely wake you up quick um so i did my freezing shower every single day i've done yoga every day except thursday night um wait there no i did do it thursday night i didn't do it friday night but that was because we finished preserved friday night which mm. was worth it let me just say that for was, sure yeah i still haven't been able to read yet maybe <laughs> i'll do it uh probably over break <laughs> yeah oh i might have to try that out too <clears throat> um so i did my mentally and physically pushing thing everything except my physical for friday night which was all right I tried to Wim Hof breathe every other day, but also didn't do that on Friday just because I worked like a 12 hour day. Remind me again, like the steps for Wim Hof breathing. I have a YouTube video that I, I listen to every time and he talks you through it the whole time, but it's essentially, it's 30 cycles of inhale, exhale. And you're, it's like the best way he says is like a wave. And it's not like a really long exhale really. It's yeah, it's like. Not, maybe not even that fast, but anyway, yeah, an yeah, example, yeah. but um, you're breathing relatively quicker than like a really relaxing breath mm-hmm. um, and like a wave. So like the second you get to like the apex of your inhale, you're exhaling, you're not like holding mm-hmm. that yeah. for a while. So it's, that's why it, it, it seems quick. Maybe it's not actually that quick. And then you do the 30 cycles and then you do 30 seconds of holding your breath followed by uh, an inhale and holding that for 15 seconds and back to your 30 cycles. But then the next time you do a minute or yeah, a minute of holding your breath followed by the 15 second of holding the inhale. And then the third time is a minute 30 of holding your breath. And after doing it for like a while, after doing one Hof breathing for a while, um, I haven't been like super consistent in it, but when you are doing it really consistently, the minute 30, like genuinely you don't think anything of it, but when you're not doing it consistently, a minute 30 feels like you're, dying like <laughs> right. you get to the end and you're like, <laughs> like choking yeah. your tongue <laughs> literally, literally so like 
definitely doing it consistently. There's a lot of benefits. And, mm-hmm. like, also for what we are talking about earlier with breathing mm-hmm. and, like, how it keeps you in the right headspace to be thinking mm-hmm. properly, like, yeah. really helps with that. So it's definitely something that I want to do. I'm going to do it next week, every other day. Eventually, my goal is to do it every day. I, I want to take that challenge, too. Because I've heard of Wim Hof, and I have never really done it. I'll send you the video after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll just do it right now, because I know I'm going to do stuff after this. So <laughs> um, So, yeah, my physical and mental was great this week. I definitely, next week, I'm going to be prioritizing yoga every morning and try and do that mm-hmm. every morning as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hit like all my work and school goals really well this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I didn't point out, but my mental was kind of a meditate for each day, mm-hmm. um, which I missed on Thursday. But that's all. Were you out of it Friday morning? No. Did Sunday? What happened Friday? Friday morning, uh, No, I think I still got a lot of stuff done on Friday. Um, I think it would, you know, what would be interesting is maybe that's not something for us to do right now, but even just something for our, us to like listen back to and I'll probably note it in my, my notes here. Um, maybe doing like a midday midday journal in our in our journal mm-hmm. um we should do what <laughs> dumbest <laughs> you know the you know the uh the new social media the be real oh my god what if, what if what if just like one time randomly during the day we have to text each other and be like jackson write down exactly how you feel right now <laughs> you know just some weird thing Dude, but that's kind of what i'm saying like the midday yeah. journaling so it's kind of something that like we do at work, so we have an EOD, which is end of day. So it's yeah. always our sales numbers for the end of the day. And at Glendale, one thing I really like that we do is what we call a wow factor. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing that happened throughout the day that wowed a customer or the employees mm-hmm. just to show like that we are, our brand, like we are going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And so like we also do a, a midday a midday report mm-hmm. that's something that only i've seen are done at our glendale branch um but doing like a midday because i already do like an end of day report kind of thing with like my journaling mm-hmm. like a midday might make it a little bit easier like if you've been struggling to like really focus throughout I, the morning it can help you recognize help it. you recall yeah and then tie that to your habits maybe mm-hmm. yeah that's a good idea Maybe we don't need to do that right away because one thing they even mentioned like in the podcast that we'll get to in a bit is like uh, you try and optimize everything all at once. You're going to end up, yeah, you're going to just get overwhelmed. Like you can only optimize so much before you just, you, yeah, yeah, you just cripple. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of getting towards like trying to be perfect, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Super we have to get to a sustainable point. So this is kind of R and D right now. We're in the research and development stage. Yeah. You know? facts. Awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's go on to our reading slash daily stuff. Okay. Um. 
So do we want to go through kind of like exactly what we talked about for like? You don't have to. If you talk about something personal, I don't need to know about it unless you want me to know about it. But like, I don't mind it. I don't mind hearing about it. So I think it's very all very interesting. So like, you don't have if you have like an interesting thing you wrote about or like Mm -hmm. an interesting point to make. Um, also just for like the sake of us not going over like two hours on this possibly. Um, I mean, I guess I kind of went over most of it when I went through my check, checklist. mm -hmm. Um, I can start with my reading that I did on Monday. But, uh, so I was reading that Atomic Habits book. And then, okay, so here's a quote that I found pretty interesting. Um, And it's under the title Pregame Jitters. Okay. It says, if we interpret these feelings positively, then we can respond with fluidity and grace. We can reframe I am nervous to I am excited and I'm getting an adrenaline rush to help me concentrate. That's something they touch on in the podcast, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about, uh, Huberman mentioned one of his colleagues and a study she did talking about how, uh, I think also in the, like the frame of nervousness, but if you frame like nervousness as a, like negatively affecting memory, mm-hmm. and then you give somebody like a quiz testing their memory, they'll do yes less yeah. than average. Yeah. And if you frame it in the mind that you tell these people that nervousness will improve their recollection and their memory, then they'll actually test which, better. Which is really weird because imagine how much like external like I don't know sayings that you can give somebody to to control like their behavior, thoughts, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. So kind of kind of like weird, scary, kind of interesting. So. This is something that I wanted to go on to later, but this might be a really good segue to just, um, I, th- I think this is probably a good way to segue to it. Um, yeah, that's fine. But this, this is what I was reading about last night. Um, but it's when Jordan Peterson, he talks a lot about life and about how life is suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in this section, he's talking about, he says, in this quote, he says, we must have something to set against the suffering that is intrinsic to being. And being is with a capital B. He goes on to say, we must have the meaning inherent in a profound system of value where the horror of existence rapidly becomes paramount. So basically saying that we need to have a goal or something to value or pretty quickly our mm-hmm. suffering becomes the focus of our lives. Yeah, what's uh, there's another quote just like that differently. It's like uh, not inactivity breeds uh, um, not despair, but like when you're not actively doing something, mm-hmm. you're trying, you're being stagnant, you're inviting anxiety, yeah, and other forms that are just gonna kind mm-hmm. of. And so with the B being a capital B, he has a little asterisk down here and explains it. And he says, I use the term being with a capital B in part because my exposure to the ideas of the 20th century German philosopher Martin Heidegger. 
Heidegger tried to distinguish between reality as conceived objectively and the totality of human experience, which is being, in quotations. Being with a capital B is what each of us experiences subjectively, personally, and individually, as well as what we each experience jointly with others. As such, it includes emotions, drives, dreams, visions, and revelations, as well as our private thoughts and perceptions. Being is also, finally, something that is brought into existence by, accent, by action, so its nature is to an indeterminate degree a consequence of our decisions and choices, something shaped by our hypothetically free will. Construed in this manner, being is one, not something easily and directly reducible to the material and objective, and two, something that is most definitely requires its own term, as Heidegger later labored for decades to indicate. So he talks about uh, it's our emotions, drives, dreams, visions, and revelations, um, as well as our private thoughts and perceptions. And that is our being with the capital B. That is what defines our existence. Mm -hmm. And it can be subjective and it can also be like experiences we have with other people. So like, it's kind of along like, it's interesting because like, I feel like the left has kind of coined the term of like, like your own individual truth. Mm -hmm. But like, to a point like, that is like somewhat valuable it's kind of like in the same notion of this being is like each person can like there are still facts and like objective facts but there's also like subjective truths like just because something is said and that means something it can be taken completely differently and taken in in a different way by somebody so like mm -hmm. in this manner of being like somebody nervousness could fuel anxiety whereas for somebody else nervousness could yeah. indicate excitement mm -hmm. and that completely changes your being how you exist in the world mm -hmm. uh, it could either shut you down or it can motivate you yeah and kind of back to that exactly something we're talking about before mm -hmm. i was talking about um i read that before i went to the internship expo or whatever yeah, and I felt like way more confident and excited to talk about my experience, and I think it really showed and was, it it, it was just a really cool experience, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like you're like, damn, read that right before I was there. Yeah, that's huge. And <laughs> so, there's definitely a lot to be said of like portrayal, like also with like this being is, uh, he he says like it's the shared. Uh, it's what we experience jointly with others, like your being, like mm -hmm. if your being is that, uh, like this, these new things scare you. Like, I feel like other people can kind of, uh, they can see or perceive what yeah. other people's being is and like you portray that being. Mm -hmm. And so like, if it was nervousness and you're at this expo, people, when you are explaining your ideas are probably going to interpret those a little bit differently than if you're excited and you're mm -hmm. motivated, like. Mm -hmm. it definitely affects how messages come across and how yeah. other people interpret those messages. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to slow down when I read that. Sure. <laughs> no. it's a, I'm still only like 25 <laughs> pages in and it's been a full week, so. <laughs> no, but that's good. I like that. Um, and I guess I wrote down that was kind of my mental challenge, I guess, for that day. Besides the meditation was mm -hmm. that talk or the expo i think that should be something that we try and make a challenge for every day 
Um, I know it's something that like I try to do. Probably gets lost like a little bit in like the day to day routine, but like I think also in like this, this slashing your tire framework, like you should try and get into like um, shoot, what does Huberman call his like all the things that you can do? Tools. Uh, yeah, like or tools, but it's uh, like protocols. 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 Like I think we should have protocols for scenarios in our lives that like we start to try and act more often. Um, yeah. So like, uh, and it's something that I think I'll probably be touching on later with Peterson. Like, I know I read that quote off to you. Like, sub our subliminal, like unconscious, and like talks about like um, things that like we kind of shoot ourselves down for doing without recognizing. Like, I think you and me have gotten better at noticing when we're doing things that aren't in alignment with who we want to be or who we believe we are. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, like, kind of is a protocol for, like, slashing your tires, so, like, if you're playing a video game and you know you should get off, like, yeah, do I really want to slash another tire today? Do I really want to not go as far today? Right. Um, but then also, like, a protocol for nervousness is to kind of take a second to step back and reflect and try and change the energy of that. Yeah. Of, to recognize. Yeah. Is this something I should yeah. be nervous about? Is this something I should be excited about? Mm-hmm. That's uh, something that, like, I've tried to do for a long time in, like, different areas of my life. I know, like, I've always been really reflective on, uh, like, I, I try to not, like, complain a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I'm very grateful of, mm -hmm. like, where I'm at in life and, like, the experiences I've been given. So, like, without getting deep in anything, uh, when one of my exes was saying something terrible about somebody else, I'm like, trying to take a step back and looking at where other people are at in life, mm -hmm. kind of applying, like, where other people are at. And, like, yeah. that same mindset that I bring to, like, being thankful for where I'm at and not making them out, out of a molehill for something really insignificant mm -hmm. and trying to apply that to, like, our habits and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, mine's not going to be as maybe <laughs> bad as yours, but <laughs> the other day when, when I forgot my keys... Mm -hmm. I was in the library, I was doing homework, and I put on my coat, and I was put my keys in my coat pocket, and they weren't there, I'm like, and at first, I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I was kind of like fed up, uh -huh. and I'm like, hold up, I can't control this, it's alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back, uh -huh. the back door's unlocked, and I get in, cool, if the door's unlocked, and I get in, Jack's here, cool, if it's not, I'll go back to the library and get some more stuff done, and, that's and I walked back that's with a smile, and I was chill, yeah. And I, and, and guess what? I got in, you know, maybe that mindset doesn't change me, but. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> a perfect was, example yeah. though. And it's hilarious that in, that you called me at that time of the day because it was when I was working on my paper, I was like so locked in yeah. for a good 45 minutes. And I looked at, my phone was sitting to my side mm -hmm. and I saw a notification pop up and I was like locked in yeah. and I go. It, it was like a, a Bible notification. It was just something that was like not time significant. And I was yeah. like, dude, nobody is going to reach out to me at 2.30 in the <laughs> afternoon. I literally, I go, nobody's, nobody's going to text or call me and need me at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking putting, out. I said, I said, I'm playing my phone. I do not disturb and putting on my best face down. And yeah. I did that. And then I heard you and you go, 
oh yeah I, I called you i don't know if you saw it and i was like dude no shot like <laughs> yeah one time and, and that was the thing is like i called you and it went straight to voice i'm like dude is he somewhere like am i not going to get in for like a couple hours and that's why i was like no way and i'm like all right let's, 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 let's pull back it was crazy but yeah so it was more of that uh, like you know when you get yourself in a sticky situation kind of bring the stoic out and, all right what what Bring the guts out. Your inner guts. Yeah. Swing your sword. Yeah, I was just gonna kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they got a giant sword that we can swing over mad. True. Uh, not, yeah, that was my day one. Although, wait, no. That was, that all happened yesterday? Yeah. I don't know that you're trying to let mine. But yeah, that a lot of that was yesterday's kind of things. Yeah. Alright. Um. So I guess I can go back to some of the stuff I read. But going back to habits, uh, there's like three main benefits that the book introduces. So the first one is that like, and this is like you writing it down, um, but it creates a visual cue that, you know, reminds you to act. So when you see it, you're like, okay, you know, I got to do it. Like there's that check mark kind of drives you to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is inherently motivating because you see the progress you're making, you know, so every time you do check it off, you kind of get that little bit of um, gratification, which is the third benefit, I guess, is that gratification of, you know, making those check marks and seeing your progress along the way. Um, and then kind of like a nice little quote to summarize all that is, uh, it says, furthermore, habit training provides visual proof that you are casting votes for the type of person you wish to become. Um, Sorry, can't see that. Yeah, it's uh, furthermore, habit tracking provides visual proof that you are casting votes for the type of person you wish to become. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So you kind of see, you know, the visionary self you want to become start to, I guess, be fulfilled and mm-hmm. completing those uh, small tasks. You know, even if they are little small. Yeah. But, um, I have one more. And that's kind of segueing, unless you have something. No, no, I just, I don't want to get too deep into that. But yeah, a lot of what I was reading on last night, Peterson's talking a lot about um, how important it is to have goals and how that like is a a primary factor in having happiness in life is having something to strive for. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that I uh, just read. And I put it in this day because I skipped this day. Mm-hmm. So I'll we'll sure. have to come back to it. But um, it's about accountability partners. So it's kind of like... Oh, we got to go around right kind of. yeah. But this is like an interesting, I guess, uh, example. <laughs> kind of weird, but uh, it's Robert Fisher attended Harvard, Harvard Law School and spent 34 years specializing in negotiation and conflict management. He founded the Harvard uh, Negotiation Project. He worked with numerous countries and world leaders in, uh, on peace resolutions, hostage crises, and diplomatic compromises. 
And then during the 1970s and 80s, Fisher's, Fisher focused on designing strategies that could prevent nuclear war. And this is, this is his solution for preventing nuclear war nuclear. first that he posed. He said, put that nuclear code number in a little capsule and then implant that capsule right next to the heart of a volunteer. So inside their body, uh, that volunteer would carry with him a bag, a heavy butcher knife as he accompanied the uh, president. Or, I'm sorry, carry with him a big, heavy butcher knife as he accompanied the president. Um, if even the president wanted to fire nuclear weapons, the, the only way he could do so would be for him to first, with his own hands, kill one human being. That's actually, that's legendary, dude. Yeah, take a like, life. You to... have to understand what it's like to physically kill a civilian. Yeah. Because that's, you're going to be That's a really, really interesting. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, and so, based on that huge example, he says, how do you make a bad habit unsatisfying, immediately unsatisfying that you wouldn't want to do it? You know, what can you accompany that bad habit with, you know, yeah. in order to push it away? But yeah, super interesting, uh, uh, I guess. Example. Yeah, example. Yeah, that is super, super cool. Um Everyone's like, yeah, you're crazy. No, that's awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Sometimes the crazy (laughs) things are the things that make the most Mm -hmm. sense, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I remember in the book, it's like, uh, uh, stain the White House carpets with blood. Like, it's, you know, all these things. Yeah. Fucking push the launch pads. So, but I thought that was pretty interesting as well. So, I'll get more into, like, the... I just got into the accountability partner, so... That'll be, I guess, part of next week's discussion. Yeah. So. Um, I guess, should I just keep talking about my book first and then go into yours? And go then ahead, then, yeah. Because I can just go through kind of the days that I was reading. And yeah, cover your notes, whatever you want to do. Um, uh, let's see. So another one. He calls this the law of re, uh, least resistance when making habits. So, like to give an example, if you want to draw more, put pencils, pens, notebooks, and drawing tools on top of your desk. So, like they're within reach. You know, you're just making these habits easier, mm-hmm. more accessible. It's something you've heard of with like food, like putting junk food higher up. Right. Yeah. In our case, not having any. So, kind of basic stuff, but you know, you may not think about it. I guess. Um, Another one which was interesting that I didn't really, don't know if I, I guess I can't believe it, but he says the two-minute rule states that when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. The secret is to always stay below the point where it feels like work. And it makes sense, but he even gave the analogy that someone would go to the gym for less than five minutes a month. And then eventually they were just, they built that habit. Yeah. And they're like, all right, I'm here. I might as well just start doing something. So I guess it makes sense. No, yeah. I've heard through all that work to go to the gym for just five minutes. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like that would, I guess it would make you start the habit quicker, you know? Yeah. Right? Or even like, yeah, maybe like travel is a little bit harder of an analogy, especially like in this day where like you might be traveling 15 minutes to get to a gym. But like, if you're at home, okay, mm-hmm. do two minutes, do a minute of push-ups and a minute of squats. Mm-hmm. Do that every single day. Yeah. For a week. Probably by week two you might be like, Why don't I just do like two minutes of push ups and two minutes of squats? Like Yeah. And then you just slowly adapt over time, yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because like, it, it does make sense because you know you're 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 going there, and he said the secrets always stay below the point where it feels like work. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it doesn't feel like work and you're doing there, then you can build that habit. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the next thing which we we should do, we should create a uh, Ulysses Pact or Ulysses Contract, and this was a uh, analogy from the Odyssey, where you need to like create a contract with yourself in order to, or with somebody else possibly to, in order to uh, create a habit. But uh, uh, named after Ulysses, the hero of the Odyssey, who told his sailors to tie him to the mast of a ship so that he could hear the enchanting song the of the sirens, but wouldn't be able to steer the ship towards uh, towards them and crash yeah. into the rocks. So we kind of cool, you know, okay, what's my Ulysses pact? You know, kind of. Um, I'm not sure what you would figure it out, but we kind of cool. Interesting, uh, another example that they gave. Um, oh, okay, this is another good quote. Um, but uh, as a general rule, the more immediate pleasure you get from an action, the more strongly you should question where it aligns with your long-term goals. You know? Yeah. Kind of like a... You want to just read it again? I want to make yep. sure I get this right. As a general rule, the more immediate pleasure you get from an action, mm-hmm. the more strongly you should question whether it aligns with your long-term goals. And this really goes into even what Lane was talking about in the podcast, where he's like, "You something about working hard and spending the time early on doing something that may seem not yeah. so pleasurable early on is going to pay off. In the future, yeah, pay dividends. Yeah. Where this kind of says the, the same thing, just in another way, where you know, you doing those immediately pleasurable habits or whatever mm-hmm. may not be the best thing for you in the future. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all I do. No, that's definitely super valuable, especially mm-hmm. like the pleasurable, like being dope. I mean, like the more. Mm-hmm. dopamine you flood yourself with the less dopamine is going to affect you it's like mm-hmm. the more work it takes in order to get that dopamine response the both like the bigger of a dopamine response it will be so the more pleasurable it will feel mm-hmm. and like the the less frequent it is the higher that will stay like if it's frequently it's going to be less dopamine it's going to feel less rewarding so, like, getting down to, like, an actual neurological standpoint, like, it isn't just concept, like, it's actually proof of concept that, like, if you're getting an immediate pleasureful response, it's going to be less of a pleasureful response the next time you do it. So, mm-hmm. you need to, there need to be some turmoil to get that response, and then it will stay pleasureful, which is kind of like what I, um, cold showers. It's like, oh, yeah, that is, it is something cold showers as well, um. But like they say, like everything and there's everything in commodity or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the same. I, I say commodity. Like uh, everything in moderation. I always say everything <laughs> in commodity. That makes no sense. What are we at an hour? Fifty one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, everything in moderation is the saying. Yeah, but like the idea that everything will be okay for you and be beneficial mm-hmm. in moderation. Yeah, yeah. 
interesting. Oh, I guess I could talk about a little bit. Um, I am trying to uh, practice speed reading a little bit. No, oh, yeah. Using this book to do so because it has a lot of fluff in it, you know. Like I pulled main points out of it, so I'm I'm kind of using it to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you think you're getting better at it? I think it's gonna take a long time. It's been a week, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it would be interesting to like mm-hmm. have a speed reading curriculum where like you were. You read an excerpt, and then you actually got tested on yeah. your comprehension yeah, on it, so you could have actually have like a, a number-based mm-hmm. feedback system where you're seeing if it's improving mm-hmm. rather than like subjective. Yeah. One, one way that I, another way that you can practice that I was looking up is like you uh, read a comprehension level a certain for, I don't know, like a certain amount of pages, right? Mm-hmm. And then you... You have to do that same amount of pages with your time cut in half and your time cut in a quarter. So, so you're you're forcing yourself to to glance over everything and training your brain to pick up more information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of cool. And I, and I it doesn't feel like it's possible, but I know <laughs> it is because my my grandma's uh my grandma's good friends he he actually went to school here. But he's a total speed reader. He can read a book in like a few hours. That's he's so in weird. Like, That's so crazy. crazy. And like JFK too. JFK was able to do it, I think. If you look it up, I actually need to check that. Check that. But yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Yeah, I, I want to look more into it. Mm-hmm. See. That's interesting. But, yeah. That's about what I have. Sweet. I, move. I will go over briefly what I've got. Um, uh, just a quick question. When you were writing... In your journal, did you write about like your day? Yeah, at all. Like, I can talk about some of my day. I kind of wrote down. I didn't necessarily. I, I need to explore that a little bit more, because I, I wrote down kind of what occurred during my day. Um, I think I need to go more in depth about how I felt. Um, here, I'll just read what I. Yeah, so, yeah. I just kind of compare it to what I had. Yesterday, I just said I had a fairly productive day today. Uh, busy with a lot of schoolwork, but I hope I can get done tomorrow morning. Uh, I said I ran today for part of my physical challenge. Uh, I ran for 40 minutes. Like I said, I felt pretty shitty and dead afterward. Um, so I said I was hoping to be more consistent so I don't get so much of that brain fog afterwards. So mm-hmm. I want to I start running more so that I can reach these longer... Um, times without having to do meditation although I think I should still do it um so yeah this is where I talked about the meditation um I was surprised at how much more focused I felt afterwards mm-hmm. um I said the second part of my physical challenge I guess you can include that was day six of yoga which I said core day which I wasn't expecting <laughs> um and I just said I started to feel more, you know, physical and mental effects of yoga. I feel like I'm, yeah, I don't know. That seems like it's pretty in line with what I've been writing down. I feel like I could do more, but I don't know how much that's going to benefit yeah. me. I think, I think they're kind of there for reference as well as maybe also some gratitude. Yeah. Of seeing yes. what you're able to accomplish throughout the yeah. day. Maybe I'll, I'll probably start, like, maybe that's the thing I should 
be for next week is something I'm, I'm grateful for every day, I guess. Mm. So I, I do, I try to do one of one connection each day with gratitude and how I see it connecting to my religious mm-hmm. beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, yesterday saying that like I can, I can see now that each day is a journey. I can see how God is challenging me. Uh, just seeing like how that is beneficial to me, like treating each day as a journey and seeing what I can accomplish in a day mm-hmm. rather than what can I have fun doing today, mm-hmm. seeing it, how that was more beneficial. Um, I'll go through my notes kind of briefly here. Um, I'll just try and touch on like one thing of like my day and then a little bit of my reading. Um, but for my first day, my reading notes was mostly just definitions, I feel like, because I found a lot of interesting words, which I t- we talked about a little bit on, like, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I actually had a word in there. Go ahead, though. So, I don't know if we need to touch on all of these. Um, I think one that is just kind of an interesting topic. I know we, we already talked about Peterson's house design, so since we already kind of touched on these, I don't know how much I need to discuss it in here, but hubris mm-hmm. being excessive pride or self-confidence. Um, I think it sounds interesting, hubris, but I also... Just, I just heard that in my class, managerial hubris. It's yeah. Like management's thinking they're top shit, uh-huh. and, you know? Yeah, and I also just think it's an important word because, uh, especially for what we're doing now, it is something that we do to like increase our pride and self-confidence mm-hmm. but I also think it's definitely just like an important thing to say like not I know it's something we talk about I feel like not frequently but here and there is like not judging other people based on their own habits mm-hmm. and especially not letting our habits affect how we feel about other people yeah because it isn't common for people to do this yeah. and I think we've gotten to the point where like uh, I feel like you grow up and you, you want to be common and you want to be average because it helps you fit in. And I think mm-hmm. we've gone to the point where we don't want to be common. We want to be above average, mm-hmm. but also recognizing that not everybody has that desire. And even though being above average does mean some things with like your goals, lifestyle and stuff, but not saying that because you shoot to be above average and, work and goals that you are above somebody else mm-hmm. in value. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. To always stay grounded, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also just to recognize that, like, all humans have the same value regardless of what they can bring to a, a psychological or mm-hmm. physical task. Right. <clears throat> Um, uh, for my Monday notes, I kind of just talked about how, uh, like I said, today felt purposeful. Uh, I thought it obsessive to plan out the day so heavily or strictly before today. Uh, however, even on my very first day, I can already taste just a hint of the benefit. Um, so like even something s- simple, just playing out, like even on the first day, you can tell of like mm-hmm. planning and doing stuff like it is going to be very productive. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've done at, at the end of each of mine 
the end of each of my daily notes is I sign my name because my signature sucks like <laughs> horribly. So I'm yeah. trying to get better at it. Yeah. It also just looks kind of cool to be like. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You somebody finds your end. notes and like this is Jackson's note official notebook. <laughs> I saw this when I was You're here first, folks. Yeah. They'll slowly see my handwriting go from garbage to okay. <laughs> Um, for my Tuesday notes, uh, my reading notes, I talked about, uh, like going into the unknown, dealing with a great challenge, taking on great risk. And then the process, something of yourself must die. Yeah. And even though I had already listened to the podcast the week prior, um, this is something that like really stuck out to me listening to the podcast the second time talking about, uh, Ethan Suplee and killing your clone today. Mm -hmm. And Peterson saying in the process something of you must die mm -hmm. that being your old self your clone and like I think a lot of people I mean talking about how everyone has different value but I think a lot of people uh, like they value their old self and they feel like change is sad or yeah yeah and they, they value those old habits and stuff but I think they're is something really awesome about killing off old habits and like mm -hmm. seeing that change and dying is something that has very like negative connotation, but like killing off something that is bad. So and like mm -hmm. seeing that feels really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really like that too. And especially just like the idea of like going into the unknown and dealing with the challenge helps you get through that. Like, just kind of puts into perspective that like you can't go through change unless you're willing to take that step into the unknown like you need to be willing to fall and stand back up mm -hmm. and fall again and stand back up in order to actually make that change um i talked a little bit we talked a little bit about the quotation from freud and like psychoanalysts being non-judgmental and tolerant and empathetic when people are reflecting which encourages, them, encourages people to be totally honest mm -hmm. and discover their own unconscious conscience, mm -hmm. uh, to find their own harsh self-criticism -critic of their lapses and their own unconscious guilt, kind of uh, going on what I was saying with our protocols for finding our own self-criticisms mm -hmm. and our lapses in judgment. Yeah, because it's, I don't think you're ever going to get somebody to change, it's going to be very hard to get somebody to change by pointing out yeah their own flaws i definitely think that's true you know? something that people have to recognize themselves i think it's something that i know for me personally it's something i've gotten a lot better at is noticing when i have laps in judgment mm -hmm. or i'm not keeping true to how i feel i am yeah that's definitely something that if it's something you have not done is definitely very challenging yeah. um and especially something like in our society like safe spaces without like shitting on anything safe spaces seem to be an area where you don't need to reflect on yourself because reflecting on yourself is hard it, it is yeah. it's not fun especially if what you're reflecting on is something that you're doing that isn't great for you mm -hmm. it's not easy to do um and so when you shun self-reflection um or criticism it definitely gets harder and it gets a more negative connotation, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, 
I have the, the definition of relativism, which is uh, the doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, or historical context, and are not absolute. So I'll read that again. The doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, or historical context, and are not absolute. So relativism. So um, knowledge, truth, and morality. So this is essentially like the values of a culture. So like mm -hmm. you go to a, a tribe that isn't advanced and they're what is true to them is kind of also relating to like this being like their being is going to be completely different and it is pertinent to their culture and society and their historical context. So, mm -hmm. uh, relativism in the United States can be a lot different than it is to somebody in China because, um, your culture and your society values different stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. morality is going to look a lot different and, I just thought that was very interesting. Um, talked a little bit on Tuesday. I guess Tuesday was the day where I hopped on Xbox and talked to Daniel and like a lot of my buddies about post-graduation plans, kind of hinting on like how Xbox can be used productively. Mm -hmm. um, on Wednesday, uh, my reading notes talked about how happiness is not the proper goal for life, kind of talking about dopamine. Um, happiness is not the proper goal for life. One should instead aim to develop character in the face of suffering. So I thought it was a really cool quote. Um, thought this was wild. From 1985 to 1999, Jordan Peterson spent about three hours a day writing his only other published book uh, titled Maps of Meaning. From 1985 to 1999, almost 15 years, wrote wow. for three hours a day on his only other published book. That's a long time to work on something. Can we go back to the previous one? Yeah, yeah. Happiness is not the proper goal of life. One should instead aim to develop character in the face of suffering. So, basically, you're going to grow a lot if you can come out of hard situations. What am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, so you have to be able to build the character to pull yourself out of those hard situations. Mm -hmm. And, and so also gonna... kind of touching on Peterson, what I talked about, how, what I read later, like life is suffering. Mm -hmm. um, like you can build character every day. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go through hardships every single day. And if happiness is your main goal, uh, probably not going to be super happy and you're probably not going to have the best character whereas if your goal is to build character in the face of suffering you can do that every single day um yeah and, and that same happiness is not the proper goal of life in the same area uh he talked about order and chaos which is also the title of one of his lecture series uh, but he compared it to the taoist belief of yin and yang and creation to destruction and paraphrasing is when everything seems lost, new order could emerge. As when things seem secure, the unknown can loom large and expected. And to walk this border is to stay on the path of life. And so the idea that when everything is perfect, stuff can very easily go wrong. And when stuff is going wrong, perfection could be just around the corner. And so always walking that line 
of perfection and destruction. That's that's what life is. It's never gonna reach perfection. It's never gonna reach destruction. But like, you just have to realize that that nothing is perfect. Nothing is truly horrible. Mm-hmm. That's the yin and yang. Um, yeah, I talked a lot about what I wrote on Wednesday already. I feel like in earlier uh, for Thursday, I didn't have any long reading notes because I didn't do my reading on Thursday because I had to wake up really early on Friday. That's right. Um, I noted, I said, uh, watching a great anime is one thing, introducing a a good friend to a great anime is another, but getting to do both at the same time is a beautiful experience. And then I said, although I need to learn to hold my tongue, no spoilers (laughs) and all exclamation points. Because it's super hard to not, like, especially in an anime. It doesn't help when I'm like, it's got to go this way. (laughs) And you're just there like. Yeah, I'm like sitting there. I need to, like, (laughs) cover my face with a blanket so I don't have any emotion. Uh, I'm trying to get something out of you. Yeah, but it's also, like, it's so hard. Like, we're watching Jujutsu Kaisen, and you're like, oh, the one fight coming up. It's it's so hard to not do that because it's, like, dude, it is just so cool. Like, it's so hard to not be, like, to motivate them to, like, keep watching. Um, let's see. Last night I didn't put down any reading notes, but, um, I noted, I said, I think I now enjoy or look forward to yoga and cardio more than my lifts. Not that I dread lifting now, but yoga and cardio always leave me feeling refreshed and like I can conquer anything. Um, yeah, yoga for sure. Running? You're going to need to dial it down. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know. There's something about, like, even, like, getting that brain fog. You know, like, yeah. Like, I mean, some... when I'm running, bro, and I'm, like, pushing myself, that, like, there's nothing like that for me. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Like, there's just something about, and it's partially because we're, we're crazy people, but, like, really pushing yourself feels so good. Like, I don't know. It feels so valuable to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah I've really started to enjoy cardio and yoga and like I really still enjoy my lifts but I think it's also kind of what they talk about in the podcast with dieting and mm-hmm. like it being like a relationship like new diets can be really appealing and so like hopping around to new diets might not be horrible if you can stay on a healthy track mm-hmm. because a new diet might be a lot more attractive to you mm-hmm. for a short amount of time and so I think I've just been lifting for so long. Maybe I need to get new workouts. Maybe that's what it is. New routines. Right. Where they just feel newer. Yeah. And more so you more attractive. More yeah. It's just, I've been going, I've been doing these a lot for a long time. Although it was kind of funny at the end. You remember Lane was saying, he's like, every time I go over to that squat, so the, God, that squat rack, man, something else. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. His relationship <laughs> with what it was, he said 30 years of squatting. He's like, it's, Man, she no. treats me good. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But all right, so that that hits all that. I don't know. I have all my podcast notes on my cellular device. Um. Also, let's kind of just go from the start. We can kind of just bounce in between because yeah. we might have ri- both written down the same stuff. So, so first of all, I learned calorie, the unit of energy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like I knew in the past, but I was like, huh. 
guess I really never thought about it. Yeah, and uh, just in the this idea, like, had a lot of stuff on the calories, not a ton, but, um, mm-hmm. like, the idea that calories in, calories out is actually really complex. Yeah. Um, especially, like, because I started meal tracking a long time ago, and, like, mm-hmm. I instantly saw benefits of, like, when I was being thorough about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would talk to my mom about that and she's like, well, I've, all, I've been eating like the 1500 or like 1800 calories a day for the longest amount of time. I don't lose weight like that. Like it's not all that cut and dry. It's very mm-hmm. much like each person has a, their own, own circumstances with that. Yeah. So. That is when I have it sometime in the future. Maybe that's not the best mindset. What, what I want to do is at some point track my, you know, mm-hmm. track it's super ways. simple. Cause I've never done it. Super simple. But, um, also, another interesting fun fact from the podcast mm-hmm. is that food labels can have up to twenty percent error on them. Yeah, which I guess makes total sense, but you never really think about it. You know? Yeah, I had that one down too. Before we head on to that, I'll just note on uh, how like calories in, calories out is complex because digesting, assimilating, and metabolizing mm-hmm. is so different. Um, yeah, the, the whole, you have to subtract the calories that you are actually using to digest your food. Yeah, you get the TEF, the thermic uh, effect of food. Yeah, um, yeah. But like the, the goal when we're digesting, assimilating, and metabolizing any food is to create ATP. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like most of what our metabolism is, is creating ATP, which is all just energy for our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just interesting because I think a lot of people get metabolism Metabolism kind of just thrown around. Oh, he has a good metabolism. Oh, I've got I've got a bad metabolism, and I think it's kind of an oversimplify. People would really oversimplify metabolism and what that means. Yeah, and I guess this makes sense. But the resting metabolic rate, like fifty to seventy percent of your total daily energy expenditure, is your resting mm-hmm. metabolic rate. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess makes sense. But, but that, you know, goes up or down with how much you are active, I guess, outside of that. Um, um, it's also interesting with uh, the, the thermic effect of food and, like, metabolizing energy. Uh, they talk about, like, they talk a lot on gut microbiomes later, but they talk about how, like, your gut microbiome affects how you are able to metabolize mm-hmm. food and assimilate energy to create ATP. Um definitely something I want to try and do better on in the future is like I mean I know that they don't like say the best stuff about probiotics and pre or just primarily probiotics but I definitely want to start eating more like gut microbiome healthy mm-hmm. foods mm-hmm. I know I kind of put my yogurt into that category I guess mm-hmm. yeah yogurt yeah uh, Greek yogurt is mm-hmm. fermented yeah, um, on that what really surprised me too was the meat. Like meat, I think we talked yeah. about before, but the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, yep. which is fidgeting, which they said can burn up to upwards and I think higher of 500 calories. More, yeah, so higher, yeah. Um, which is insane. Much, much more than 500. But they, I think, what Huberman said, what Huberman said was, uh, in one of the studies, they found that when they increased people's diets their meat would burn upward like more up to 500 calories mm-hmm. so that was just from increasing your diet you would burn 500 more calories from meat so their their meat was probably burning close to a thousand mm-hmm. maybe more maybe less but like 
you really like, especially the idea of neat with like intake of food is like it cha- like your neat goes up or down based on how much food you're eating. Yeah, yeah, you're saying that. I think if someone eats a bunch of food, they're needs or they would just start sweating mm-hmm. you know yeah you talked about a, a bodybuilder yeah, yeah, yeah he would eat a big meal and he has like a furnace you'd walk up the steps and be dripping sweat dude so this i guess i have this point over here but it's kind of off topic of the meat but that fat is the easiest thing to turn into energy hmm. they talk about? so mm-hmm. it, so would you let's say you're tired or you just got the water brought in would it be important to eat a small portion of something high in fat if you want to continue a workout would that be the best source of energy to do? Or does fat, because I don't think they really got too much in the weeds on the fat. Yeah, I don't know how much they, they So I think that ties more to, um, uh, what, what did you say initially? Fat is the, the what? Fat is the easiest thing to turn into energy. So I wouldn't, I don't know if that was necessarily along the lines of, after consumption, it is the easiest thing to metabolize and turn into energy. I think that might have been along the lines of stored energy. Um, because, like, if you have somebody who is really large, mm-hmm. like, they can go a long time without needing to eat food because they have so much stored energy. And because fat is really easy to turn into energy, so their body will rely on the fat. So um, it's not so what you're eating, but what you have. Which is also why when you are lower in body fat i noted this much later on but they talked about how uh as your body weight goes down this was like three hours and as your body weight goes down percentage of weight loss from lean mass increases mm-hmm. so because you have less fat in your body your body relies on getting energy from other areas other than just fat so i think that might i think it might be more in terms of stored energy gotcha. might be something we want to look more into um yeah, that was one question I had. I guess. Because I know, um, just from watching some of uh, Jeff Nippert, he's a YouTuber I used to watch a lot mm-hmm. for exercise. He'll bring up peach rings, like the gummy, like the, the gummy rings. You know, have you had those before? Mm-hmm. Super good. It's like a little circle. It's peach oh. flavored. It's like a, yeah, it's it? a candy. Oh. Uh, he'll bring those to his workout. He'll have about like four mid workout because it. Uh, super like accessible energy stores um, and it's like car it's pretty much just sugar and carbohydrates um so it might be worth looking into um i'll type it out so i can segue something else for yeah you. sure so i thought the creatine study that they did on um this uh yeah. yeah, I know what you're getting. What word am I talking about? Ah, um, uh, we'll get brain there. farting so hard. We'll get there. So they, they gave creatine. So this is how the study went. They had placebo. Yeah, placebo. So they gave it and told that they didn't have it yeah. to a certain amount of people. They gave it, told them they did have it. They didn't give it to somebody, told them they got it, and then they didn't give it to somebody and told them they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So four groups, and the only thing that mattered was that they were told. Whether or not they got it. Yeah. So Which is wild. It is wild. Super wild. Yeah. Like. <sighs> like. And they. He. he uh, Lane references another study talking about 
steroids, like PEDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many people got steroids? Yeah, people who did get PEDs and were told they weren't Mm -hmm. got worse results than people who were told they were on PEDs and didn't actually get them. Which is brain is so weird. Yeah, and kind of going into like our topic of being and like uh, perception is reality. Yeah, like if you can reframe things to be positive rather than negative, your outlook on life will be so much different and probably not just your outlooks, but your outcomes mm-hmm. are probably going to be so much more beneficial and positive. If you can just reframe something yeah. in that positive mindset and like, uh, if you ever watch like Goggins and like just mm-hmm. kind of an idea with like special forces and like Marines and stuff like you are more capable of, so you're you're so much more capable than you realize and so much of that comes from self-talk mm-hmm. and like telling yourself that you are capable of something mm-hmm. is so important yeah yeah imagine i guess one thing i've been trying to like tell myself is that like especially with the the internship thing is that like i i belong here you know i i can talk about what i've done you know having to i'm confident in being here and talking about this stuff you know yeah if you're able to tell yourself something like that every day you know think about how where you go with that Mm -hmm. Um, but um yeah i thought that was insane yeah that was wild um touching on like the fitness trackers i'm just typing down i want to look into like how accurate sleep tracking is on the wrist-worn fitness trackers Mm -hmm. just because they have the the 23 to 93% overestimation on energy expenditure, Mm -hmm. which to me is absurd because I feel like, I mean, that that was a large reason for a while, a large reason why I wore mine Mm -hmm. to see how many calories I was burning so I could try and factor how many calories I should be eating. Right. Uh, And Lane kind of talks about habits, something I've been doing, uh, It'd be nice to have my workout routines at the same time. Maybe it's worth us investing in a scale. Um, mm-hmm. But right in the morning, after using the bathroom, whatever it is mm-hmm. you need that, whatever it is that you have to expel from your body, weighing yourself mm-hmm. the same time every day after yeah, using the bathroom in the morning. And then, yeah, and maybe if, if something you can write, we could write down in our journal, yeah, weighed in at this today. Yeah. And then you average that out is a much more effective way of not only tracking your weight, but also like, if we're tracking our calories then too, mm-hmm. if we have some more calories during one week and our weight only goes up like an incremental amount or a little bit less, maybe we're burning more than we're aware of or burning less than we're yeah. aware of. Yeah. Just I, I think it really would be fun to have your body just be an experiment. Yeah. It'd be kind of sick. Yeah. Kind of plug and play different variables and, you know, get results or something. Yeah. You know, really understand. I, I know it's not that, you know, easy. That's simple. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that they had talked about, but exercise independent of anything that happens with your body weight will make you healthier. Yeah. You know, I feel like that has, is something unfortunate that has been lost. I remember they, they talked about PE yeah, yeah, class. So sad. And so many uh, countries, so many states, like, just don't offer PE. And yeah. unfortunately, I think they said it was a lot due to like um, budget, budget cuts. cuts. Yeah. But See, one, one thing like, that like a thought that just like crossed my mind during that though is like how I feel like so much of that was incentivized to be cut out 
mm-hmm. with like the whole like empowerment social justice kind of movement because it was like uh look at all these kids who all have such different uh like scenarios and situations like we don't want to make the kids who aren't good at dodgeball mm-hmm. get clobbered by the kids who are good at dodgeball which yeah yes has its place but maybe reframe your PE class to not have dodgeball. Maybe have your PE class be something that um, is pro- like productive and like you can see incremental improvement on. I remember in elementary school, mm-hmm. I was actually never in elementary school, but in Kalen's elementary school, they had like a gym or a, a gym, a gym unit, a gym. They had a, a like, I don't even know what to call it, like a climbing unit in gym class where yeah. they literally like they had the rope climbing yeah. and obstacle course. And they would literally, you would see how high, how high you can climb and you could see how fast you could do the relay race. Mm-hmm. And you would literally write down what you did and you got your grade for trying to do better. Like, imagine how beneficial that could be for kids to, at a young age, you can teach them the incremental improvement of physical activity. Like, And, and just for your mental health, bro, I know, like... It's not going to happen now because of how good we're being mm-hmm. with our stuff. But, like, when I was... Especially, like, in the winter, if I hadn't done physical activity, bro, I felt like ass. Yeah. I knew that was a, I told myself and I wrote down, if, if I don't feel good, it's a sign. Get your ass up. <laughs> go to the gym. Feel like go for a, a run. A dirty carpet. Do, yeah, bro. do something. Because, it, honestly, it, it makes a huge difference for me. Does. as it, You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you uh, timestamp your notes at all? No, I thought okay. about it, but I should. I did for mine. Uh, I was just going to see like how far out your next one was going to be, just to not skip over ideas. I, I can go through this one. Uh, yeah, what's it's your a, next one? It's a word that I didn't know. It's called impetus. The force that makes something happen or happen more quickly. Impetus. That's impetus. interesting. The uh, force that makes something happen or happen more quickly. Yeah. It's the driving force. The impetus of us trying to do this podcast is stronger, I guess. Uh, no, that's not right. Um, I know when I... You know, Self-improvement is the impetus for for AI always improving. Yeah. Would be a statement. Yeah. Let me actually look up... Uh, okay. The crisis of the 1860s provided the original impetus for the settlements. So a crisis provided so, yeah, a force a, for people to move. It's a motivating factor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Driving. I like that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool too. Uh, one thing that I on this, kind of a big jump, time jump from the fitness trackers to the the next point. But when Lane talks about human beings being programmed for a herd mindset, mm-hmm. um, and when I do like similar things, he's talking about like eating, and his example was he was hanging out with a friend, and he was having like a beer, and his friend was having water. Mm-hmm. And he kind of thought, like, you know, like, this is really natural, but he also had that thought that, like, a lot of people might feel pressured mm-hmm. to pick up that drink. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's kind of an interesting topic, both and also, like, our, what, we, what I was saying earlier, like, I feel like you grow up and you want that herd mindset, like, you want to be average and you want to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of tying it to, like, when... <laughs> like last weekend when Jake's like, do you guys want to go out to drink? And we're both like, no. And he's like, really? And he's like, 
He's <laughs> genuinely surprised that we yeah. don't, and it's like a... Like, it seems kind of goofy when you hear it and be like, really? It's like, yeah, no, like, it's the 80th, 85th time I've told you that I'm not going to go out to drink. But, like, to him, it is, it's his hurt. Like, he fits in and he feels Mm -hmm. safe there. Whereas for us, like, we're used to not needing that herd mentality. Like, it's interesting. I don't know. It's, uh... Yeah, I mean, remember back to the wedding we went to, you know? Yeah. It wasn't necessarily hard, but it was just... It was different, and like it, it's that's it gets at that herd mentality is like, and it, it it was weird because like we we were talking about while we were there, like it felt hard, but like it, it wasn't hard to drink water. I like what like Mm -hmm. it wasn't actually that difficult, but breaking off from that herd mentality is so different from anything that we've been doing that Mm -hmm. like, it was it felt physically challenging to do like yeah. And now, now we, I feel like I've gotten to the point where we've done it so often. Like, I, I feel like I, it's not going to be hard at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost expected. I expect myself of that now. Yeah. So, like. And I feel like it's good, too, because I feel like in other aspects of our lives, if we wanted to move away from something, I feel like it'd be easier. Yeah, because 100%. you've gone through one thing that a huge portion of the population has done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, definitely. I feel like this is that. that not drinking it's, is one of the harder things to it's definitely been one of the um, more challenging things that i've done that i'm like very glad that i've stopped i feel incredible now that i've stopped yeah um yeah also saves a good good Come amount on. of money <laughs> <laughs> cannot complain about oh, that at all. Oh, upside. Yeah. yeah um and this might have been like when they're talking about Ethan Sipley and like killing your clone today, but very shortly after that, humans being programmed for herd mentality, uh, talk about developing a new identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's something that so many people think either is bad or they can't do. And I think even you and me have been playing around with it is really not hard. It's just small incremental changes you add on to your daily life. And developing a new identity is incredibly easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely writing all of our stuff down and just having a, like a buddy like you do is yeah. super important because I feel like it adds a, a sense of accountability. So mm-hmm. like, which also kind of brings me back to like what I'm trying to work on too. But it's like I want to be able to do something for myself. I remember talking to you about this, but like how it's easy for me to get up and go to work if I have to get up early. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if I have a plan for myself to get up and run, there's not that that impetus. Yeah. Oh, look at that. (laughs) That impetus is not as strong, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like that's one thing I'm trying to change. Not that not that you shouldn't have a buddy or you should you should not work to have a buddy, but I, I want to get better about, you know, driving that force, I guess, in my own ways, if that's possible. Um, yeah, and this is something kind of like that subject that um, one thing I've noticed in like doing this is I, I don't know what's gotten me to this mindset. Um but I feel like a couple of years ago, like, I don't know when this thought crossed my mind, but sometime this week, I feel like a couple of years ago, 
You know, you know what it was? It was on like it was the night where I came back. I said I met that guy in the sauna who went to the Johnson Controls thing. It might have been Wednesday night. A couple of years ago. A couple? Did I say a couple years back? Yeah. Uh, a couple of days back. <laughs> um, Got the it. kid, the tall, yeah. blonde-haired kid who we were talking Whoa. about, who went to the Johnson Controls thing that you were at. Yeah, um, yeah. But I had like the thought that, like, I, I said, like, oh, my buddy works for Johnson Controls, mm-hmm. and I had the thought that, like. I feel like a couple years back, I would have felt, um, like, not jealousy, but, like, a, a sense of competition of, like, Anders is succeeding in his daily life. I need to make sure I'm succeeding. Dude, I have so much work to do. And, <laughs> like, it's something that I genuinely don't right. feel that I'm really glad I don't feel. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's something you feel like you feel like... If like if I'm doing something well, like you need to be doing something, and that's a motivating factor. I'm not saying that would be a bad thing or like a a good thing that you don't, but like it's something that I've noticed where like I genuinely feel like all of this I'm doing for myself. Yeah, and like I think it's really awesome that you're also doing it as well. But it's not like it's not the impetus for me to do no. to do any of this. And it like no, and I I'm at the point where we we're leveraging each other to build each other up better. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. In our own way, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, cause you're right. I don't, I don't feel like any form of jealousy with or competition. competition yeah. With a lot like, or anything really, you know, it's me sort of like, and I, I think about this a lot too. You, you say a mantra to yourself is how far can I go? Mm-hmm. How, how much can I learn? How, how, how far can I push myself in certain things? You know, and saying that to yourself every day, I think it, it really can have a difference on your outlook and your drive on certain things, you know? Yeah, definitely. But no, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting thing with like, especially like developing a new identity. I definitely feel like a couple of years mm-hmm. back, I would have had some sense of drive be coming from where I, where I stand on the social ladder. Yeah. Whereas now it's... yeah. And maybe the social ladder is like how drunk can you get? It's like yeah, and what maybe is this social ladder, you know. Maybe that's part of what it is is that we've broken off from yeah. the social norm so much that it's just, it's just not there. Like mm-hmm. I already feel so different from everybody else that I don't have a desire to succeed because of anybody else. I have the desire to succeed because of myself yeah. and because of how I did yesterday. Yeah, I think part of that realization for me too came from like my journey i guess of trying to find out what i wanted to study mm-hmm. you know like going through engineering I, I felt like there were so many things that i wanted to do looking at other people like where they were at what they know what they yeah. do all this stuff i think it eventually came down to me which i really still i'm still trying i'm still on that journey trying to find out what it is i want to be you know mm-hmm. i think it's moved away of not looking at other people and trying to replicate that but build yeah. my own i think that's really important idea uh persona i guess mm-hmm. person, you know yeah uh take what other people have like what we're reading and stuff like that yeah and, take what other people have and apply it but yeah don't make that the foundation of your your identity yeah um that was a good segment that was really good <laughs> uh this one's I'm going to kind of skip over the stick to a diet that you can live out forever. I had that. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. If you want to go idea. on that, I 
I feel like I had talked about that kind of last night. I feel like I don't have too much more to say on that, but if mm-hmm. you have anything you want to address. Yeah, that. I think what I wrote, I think I took this word for it, but they said, what is the diet that is going to be, maybe this is the same thing, maybe not. Uh, what is the diet that is going to be the easiest for you to adhere to in the long term? You should probably do that. A 10,000 uh, foot view, is this sustainable for you? You know? That's mm-hmm. um, <laughs> 10,000 foot view is a sustainable for you, everyone. Right. Right. I like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So, wait, remind me again what we were talking about yesterday with this. It was. I, I can't remember exactly, but I just feel like it was something along the lines of, like, you, you mentioned, like, fasting, like, your, right. your, uh, what is it, like, 16-8? Is that yeah. my math? Your 16-8 is, like, been really working out for you. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't really have a, uh, maybe I'll try doing like a 16-8 or something, but I don't have like a super strict mm-hmm. diet that I've been adhering to, but I, in general, don't eat much sweets or anything, and it's been working out for me very well for a yeah. long time now. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's kind of, I feel it's easier to when you're on a budget. <laughs> Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, I need food that sustains me. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, uh, also, when you are buying food that sustains you, it can get a little pricey. Yeah. Um, I have a note. I don't know if you want to go into this, but uh, 116.23. I meant to write more down, but it was the supporting gut health, fiber, and longevity. I don't know if you have some in there. I don't think I ever went to I do. I do have some on there. Um, I don't know if we want to go to that. or Right before we go into that, because I feel like that's going to be a really long one. Yeah. I want to... I want to shoot this out and I got to go to the bathroom really quickly. Um, but the, how about this one? The fecal transplants? Oh, that was, so, I'm they, like, are you serious? They did in that human in trials? humans, yes. I was like, humans. are you kidding me? It was an hour, nine minutes. Um, but that was nuts to me. Um, yeah, like, and so wait, so what was the consensus again when they did fecal transplants? It, in, in the same hole it comes out of, um, <laughs> he essentially talked about how it, I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe I have to like go back in and listen to it real quick. Yeah. If you want to pull up the podcast, it's at an hour and nine minutes pretty much when they they start talking. You can keep that going. Um, just like on your phone or something. Yeah. Quick intermission. the same end in which it comes out and i point that out because a lot of people asked me that they you know it was kind of scary to me i thought yes this is not about ingesting feces this is they oh. they they literally do a, a transplant of he's from lean mice into obese mice and the obese mice get lean and yes this has been done in humans limited number of studies and observed um some pretty impressive effects on weight loss that i have to assume could related to placebo effect they might have told these obese people hey look you're going to get lean through this fecal transplant from lean people but more likely it had some effect on their core physiology i don't know which aspects although i can speculate which ones and they became leaner they lost weight and that is in some sense miraculous when especially given the important role of psychology and exercise and satiety signals because I'm going to assume that they controlled for a number of those other variables, although no study is perfect. Right. What are your thoughts about gut health as it relates to Yeah, so I think that's pretty metabolism. Much, I think that's most of it, but like yeah, it was I heard that and I was like, dude, what the heck? I think it's 
maybe it's like you said like maybe it's placebo maybe it has to do with gut health or something i yeah i know a lot of like your shit is like your bacteria and like your gut mm -hmm. working on food and stuff so it, maybe it's something to do with like your gut health like your gut microbiome introducing a foreign bacteria did well yeah i don't know so it's weird. interesting so odd very... i thought that was very strange um and they talk soon after that uh huberman's note that the guy's name was justin sonnenberg one of his colleagues he says because we're more bacteria than we are cell who is the host and who is the passenger i mm -hmm. remember mentioning that mm -hmm. to you but that was like a wacky wacky idea yeah yeah it's it super weird. frightening, like, how much of what we're doing is to support our gut, gut bacteria. Yeah. That is really weird to think about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think possibly the most interesting thing in this podcast that we've both been really interested on, though, is the fiber mm -hmm. and gut health. Um, I think that's what your next note was. Right? Yeah, I, I meant to go back and put it in... I didn't okay yeah um somewhere. yeah no just uh but fiber is a it's a prebiotic and it's a more efficient way to colonize healthy gut bacteria than to take probiotics and he also notes that fiber is a longevity hack and that we should be eating 15 grams per 1000 calories and there's really no top end of that but at some point it's gonna become really uncomfortable to eat anymore mm -hmm. um it would, so yeah, definitely have been like trying to find more fiber-enriched foods. Yeah, um, and I didn't really know. When you think about health, healthy foods, I never crossed my mind about fiber. Yeah, fiber is no. never a big thing. Yeah. It's always kind of like protein, 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 protein rocks. Protein rocks. But one thing that I was like reading on last night, looking into fiber, is uh, I might start trying to do overnight oats. Because it's something easy to like prep the day the next day to be better. Have you mm -hmm. ever looked at overnight oats? No. It's basically you get, um, I mean, just like whole grain oats, you know, like Quaker oats, just like, you know what oats are, right? Yes, like basically. So you just get like a scoop of oats, dump that into like a mason jar, mm -hmm. usually like some milk mm -hmm. and maybe like chia seeds. Chia seeds is one thing I, I need to go get at the store. It's something you can put in your smoothies that has tons of fiber, um, but you can also put it in your oatmeal. Mm -hmm screw on the mason jar lid and put it in the fridge usually do it the night before uh so it'll sit in there for like eight hours mm -hmm. and then it ferments in the fridge overnight and the oats essentially like soak up the milk and stuff and become moist so they're not like chewing on mm -hmm. hard oats and essentially like oatmeal um, mm. but since it's fermented really good for your gut health yeah um and then uh like grains, like oatmeal, uh, oats are super high in fiber, and then chia seeds as well if you add it in. Mm -hmm. Super, super high fiber meal for the morning. Really good way to get your gut going. Yeah, I've done chia seeds in my yo my yogurt because my mom has always had chia seeds at home. Mm -hmm. So I do chia seeds in yogurt. I definitely want to watch more of the chia seeds. But, um, What else were there notes you have? So, so I have a bunch of stuff. I have some notes on processed foods. 
Mm -hmm. So processed foods are mostly about the energy. So I guess more people spontaneously eat more due to processed foods. Uh, But there was a study done by Tevin Hall that they were talking about. And so he took people from a minimally processed food diet and gave them access to ultra processed foods. Mm -hmm. And he just told them, just eat till you feel satisfied. And they spontaneously increase the calorie intake by 500 calories a day. Yeah, I think just, that was really interesting. Yeah. And he, a lot of what he addressed on that was due to like taste and mouth feel, mm-hmm. and like how yeah. easy it is to overeat. Yeah, Ty, I talk about like macaroni. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, cereal might be a really easy one that we even talked about mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout this week. Like, it says it's seven servings on there, but it is incredibly easy to go and eat. Like three and a half servings and at yeah. once. I thought, um, I thought it was kind of interesting too that like he, I can't remember if it was Lane or I think it was Lane, we talked about using processed foods as a tool to hate your calorie intake. Yeah, especially so, as like a young... And, yeah, it's like eating kids. like super lean stuff and feeling bloated. Yeah. You know, when mm-hmm. you have to, if you're bulking or not, then you can just eat more processed foods and be able to eat more, you know? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it was definitely an interesting study on processed foods, which I feel like I've stayed away from yeah. pretty well. They also talked a lot about um, artificial sweeteners. And yeah, yeah. That was like most of what I was listening to last night. Last night was in like the last hour and a half, and they talked a lot about artificial sweeteners. And it's um, kind of how they're a tool for, um, oh, I can't remember the exact terminology he used, but... Uh, essentially for just fat loss Mm -hmm. like when looking at your total fat content and like overweight people will have like the only thing they change is that they drink a diet soda yeah they they drink two sodas in a day okay i drank two diet sodas in a day and they drink they lose 50 pounds yeah when yeah i lost 100 pounds from drinking diet sodas yeah that was crazy um it's funny as we're talking about this emmett just texted me said what is the app that you use to track stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get 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 my boy post on the train though, self improvement train. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I definitely always used to demonize Same. artificial sweeteners. Yeah. And I don't know how much Lane is a nutrition specialist as much as a um like artificial food specialist. Mm-hmm. So it might be something where we want to go into and look on uh, like what do artificial what is the process of artificial foods because a lot of what they were talking about wasn't necessarily like artificial like I know they talk about the oils and stuff but near the end as well but um, they talk just kind of about processed foods mm-hmm. um, some processed foods have a much worse process than others like yeah. they talk about how even like potatoes and red meat have a they have process they have to go through to get in the grocery store yeah. but like there are definitely some artificial foods like lunchables are probably probably not great for your health um mm-hmm. yeah so it might be worth going in and looking at a podcast and seeing exactly what it is in the processed foods and what sort of processes that are really bad for you right um it might be that we're attributing more artificial stuff to processed foods than we need to be because I know in one podcast, like it, it was a Rogan podcast where he had a, a scientist on there and she talked a lot about scented stuff and how bad scented stuff actually is for us because of all the 
the artificial sense, like what all goes into that and mm-hmm. how harmful that can be to us. So it might actually be worth listening to a specialist who specializes in processed foods and seeing what they actually pull from the data. But right. one thing that I think Lane does a really good job in that podcast of is kind of talking about how uh, like one scientific study is not really the end-all yeah. be-all of data. Mm-hmm. And so if one study finds something, it could very much be that it is biased or it is skewed in some way to look look a certain way. Um, go ahead. Uh, I can't remember One thing that uh, maybe we could bring to our lives somehow is I remember him talking about when he was a PhD student and when he said he was doing a, a study on something and it just wasn't going the way he thought it was going and he kept redoing the study. He's like, I'm not seeing the results I want to yeah, see, so the, you know. I... I rewound this and listened to it multiple times because I thought it was a huge point, but he talks about going to his professor and saying that, you know, some, his professor has somehow going, he said, well, it's going good, but I need to rerun the whatever Mm -hmm. testing uh, because it's not making sense. Yeah. And the professor asked him, well, what's your, what's your procedure? And he ran him through the procedure and he said, well, Lane, it sounds like you're doing everything right. Yeah. It sounds like you're trying to get the data to meet your conclusion or to fit your conclusion what you need to do is make your conclusion fit your data. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It was super awesome where he yeah. is basically not, it's kind of like, uh, oh, what's the, the correct terminology for it? But, uh, kind of just like getting the bias out of our own lives of mm-hmm. like not trying to make things fit our standards and our conclusions and what we expect to see. But, taking everything and this is something that I even talked to Noah about today at like when I was getting lunch with him is like taking everything at face value because mm-hmm. we have so many preconceived notions and yeah a lot of things yeah it, it's good to use your experience to help you out but taking everything at face value can be really beneficial mm-hmm. yeah I thought that was really mm-hmm. really cool um I don't know why I'm blanking so hard, but like on the oils. Um, yeah, I didn't have a whole lot down on No, I didn't either. It was so far towards the end, I feel like I was starting to zone out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much they actually did touch on them other than the fact that it doesn't seem that they're as bad as they are. Um, yes, he was saying... Sorry, I didn't remember that. They were talking about a lot about inflammation mm-hmm. and how like... Remember he was saying there's like claims online that made no sense about oils. Uh-huh. I don't remember what they um, And I think a lot of that goes into like kind of what they were saying with a lot of the things is like uh, a lot of the data seems to be very like person to person, which mm-hmm. is worth noting that like and even they even talk about like with the metabolism of food and everything, like each microbiome for each person is yeah. unique. Yeah. So it's not really safe to put like put everything in a box um not everything is that cut and dry and like they talked about mechanisms a lot like not everything is like do this this is the outcome um what work what might work for somebody might not work for you you know yeah yeah so what might be really bad for one person might not be the worst for another Mm -hmm. so definitely a really interesting point to know yeah um that's all the notes I have, to be honest. That's everything I've got. 
I can uh, come back to quote one of the quotes from that the Atomic Habits book. I kind of got the same quote in a different way. I think Blaine said, but he said, increasingly the dichotomy of life is if you do what is easy in the start in the start term in the short term, your life will be hard. If you do what is hard in the short term, your life will get easier. Mm-hmm. So kind of That's the same huge. thing I talked about earlier, but worded in a different That's way. Huge. Um, and then another thing is like you can't out science hard training, consistency, and hard work. Yeah, and that was key. You know, um, so I think that was more so to our points earlier on like not trying to think that the research and uh, all this stuff you're going to input into your body is going to bring these results for you. Yeah. You still have to put in that work in order to get the results, you know? Yeah. I think that's definitely a really good way to cap this one off is like, yeah, especially like when we're doing all this optimization stuff, like we can optimize as much as we want. Yeah. But unless you're going in and putting in the work at the, like you need to go in and you need to train hard where the optimization means nothing. Like mm-hmm. you can't optimize you your way optimizing around. Anything. <laughs> you can't optimize your way around a good workout. Yeah. Like that's definitely the it seems like that is the the key is hard training. Mm-hmm. Whether that's cardio or lifting or even yoga. I think like a lot of like the the corniness that we've hinted at like the yoga with Adrian yeah, is like I think that's is yeah. I think that is what is important, like, when she talks about, like, really, like, or, like, grounding with all four points of your foot, or, like, mm-hmm. when you're stretching, I know last night when we did the deep, when I did the deep in one, like, you did the one where you have, like, one foot over the other thigh, and yeah. you're pulling it in, um, like, keeping energy in your foot that is up, mm-hmm. and they kind of just, like, applying that in everything is, like, even if something is not primarily being utilized keeping energy and focus on that as well like yeah i remember even you said you know when you're down in position she says say i am strong yeah you know, say that because it probably does have an effect yeah on, you know? yeah talking about how much impact our brain has on like our reality it, it likely does have a, a a big impact and effect on that oh uh Tell myself I'm gonna be a millionaire for the next five days, and I'll see you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll be huge. I think that that covers pretty much everything, right? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. A solid pilot episode. Plane has landed. The plane has landed. I think for for next week we're gonna be doing a Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Lex and Peter. Lex and Peter. Peterson. <laughs> Deuces. Deuces.